And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. That should be enough time for AdRev to make a copyright claim on behalf of a third party. I hate you, AdRev. That's okay. Those claims get released pretty quick. Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hutt. I am the editor-in-chief here at Sci-Fi For Me, sci-fi-for-me.com, sci-fi-for-me.tv. Coming to you from deep beneath world headquarters. Very happy to be here. Thanks to all of you for being here, whether you're here live or if you're here in the replay. We do appreciate you being part of our audience. And uh, those of you who are listening to this as a podcast all around the world, we're glad you're here as well. And if you're on the move and you need to listen to us as a podcast instead of uh, watching the video, we're on a number of different podcast players. You can find us pretty much all over the place now. And for those who are interested in supporting us in some fiduciary manner, we do have a couple of ways that you can do that. Of course, you, you can always do super chats and whatnot here, but you know, YouTube takes... 55% of it. We do have an account at Subscribestar, which is uh, not something that I maintain very well, but I probably should. We also have a PayPal link that you can use if you want to support us. You are certainly not obligated to do so at all. 88 days since the last incident around here. We're very happy that... Uh, things seem to be going well on that front. And we do have a few modifications to the I told you I told you the schedule was going to be crazy this week and it is because reasons uh so um I told you earlier this week we've got Captain Stephen Machuga on the on the schedule and we were supposed to record last night and we had some technical issues and things got in the way so we're going to record tonight but tomorrow, we've got Douglas Ernst on the program, so we will have Captain Mutuga on Thursday as a pre-recorded upload. We're not going to go live on Thursday, but we will have a show on Thursday. It'll just be a pre-recorded show, so we'll just we'll set it up for playback because we will not be in the office that uh, that day for for the holiday weekend. Uh, Cam1138 in the chat. Welcome. Good to see you here. Happy birthday to Mr. Frank Oz. The voice of Yoda, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Bert from Sesame Street. Uh, and it is appropriate because today is Star Wars Day. And it actually is Star Wars Day. It's not May the 4th Star Wars Day. It's May the 25th. 
Star Wars Day, on this day in 1977, 44 years ago, a little independent movie called Star Wars opened in 32 theaters and blew everyone's minds and changed the landscape of movie making forever. And I have some thoughts on that. Today is also Douglas Adams' birthday, so it is Towel Day. And I do have my towel. So it is Towel Day. The answer is 42, remember. And we have been there. Today is going to be kind of a hodgepodge of topics because some different things have come across the desk, coming to our attention. We are looking at an event, and some of you may know that we monitor event news and updates and schedule changes and whatnot, you know, different events that are making decisions to go virtual or cancel or reschedule or postpone or whatnot. And it's come to our attention. There are some concerns about uh, an event in Texas, Comic Conroe, uh, down in Conroe, Texas, which is just a little bit north of Houston. And some people are wondering if this is a legitimate event uh, because it appears that there are some people involved with Comic Conroe who were also involved in Omega Expo a few years ago. And that turned out to be a little bit of a mess. So we're looking into that. We've got some phone calls and we've got some some emails to send. We're, we're checking on that one. It's not listed on our calendar as of yet. I don't even know that we were aware of Comic Conroe before now. But we're going to look into it because I don't want to... I don't want to send you to an event that ends up not really being an event that exists. It does show a listing on the event space, the convention center down there. So it appears to be a real thing, but we can't find any of the stars that have been announced outside of Kevin Sorbo saying anything about it. So it could be just it's early because the event doesn't happen until July. We'll keep an eye out. So tonight, speaking of Star Wars, tonight we've got a brand new Salacious Crumbs that's coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Mrs. Boss will be hosting that tonight, and it will likely be a shorter show because there's not a whole lot of news. There's a lot of gossip. There's a lot of rumor. There's a lot of speculation. But it's all stuff that we've heard before. It's stuff that we've seen before, stuff we've talked about before. So the actual news content, uh, we're going to be a little bit light tonight. So it's probably going to be a shorter show. But we will have what we have, and we will give it to you uh, tonight at 9 Eastern. All right, so Star Wars, 1977. Is the is the day that this thing came out? I don't recall the exact circumstances around which we went to see the movie, but I do remember my parents, my sister, and I all went together to see this movie that nobody heard of. We went to North Park Mall in Dallas, Texas, because that was one of the few places where it was screening at the time. 
I want to say we went opening weekend, but I can't say for sure 100%. But I do remember sitting in the theater and the lights go down and it's very, you know, everybody's getting ready for the movie. There are no TV commercials. There were some previews for other movies, but there were no commercials. There were no talking heads, any, any of the mess that you see now. And I believe it was a general cinemas theater. So you had the, the opening little animation for general cinemas. You remember that one? And then we have 20th Century Fox fanfare. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And it's really, it's starting to get quiet. And then you get hit with this wall of sound and this giant gold Star Wars block of text hits you in the face. And I remember feeling a little overwhelmed and amazed at the size of the Star Destroyer. Because that ship just went on and on and on. And I remember sitting through, we watched the movie, and I was so excited. And when we got home, I had this little, I had this little electronic keyboard that stood on four legs. It was a it was a little pedestal keyboard. And as soon as I get home, now I'm seven at the time, so remember this, I'm seven. As soon as I'm home, I'm out on the keyboard trying to find the notes for the theme so I can play the theme. I was that excited about this movie. Star Wars means a great deal to a lot of people. For me, the experience has been this is one of the few films my entire family went to go see. Because it's rare to get my mother in a movie theater. She went with us when we saw Superman in 1978. We, all the family went together to go see Superman. And she's been to the movies probably more often with my son because, you know, we're taking him to the movies. But she's never really been that motivated to go watch movies on her own. But Star Wars was one of those few occasions where the entire family went all at once together. And I know for a number of people, the families, this is their thing. Every time there's a Star Wars movie out, it's like a family reunion. They all get together, friends and family, and they all go as a group. And this is an event. Cam worked at General Cinema. Yeah, I that that opening animation will always stay with me. Da, 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 yeah, I have that in my head all the time. It doesn't it doesn't play in my head all the time, but I remember it. And you can even find uh, video clips over on YouTube. You know, people have digitized that, and you can see it. And and it's. It's a, it, it, it has an indelible print, imprint for those of us who were there at the time. Now, the, the, the little one back over here, 
her. She she wasn't here at the time Star Wars originally came out, but that's okay. She learned. She she caught up. She's uh she's she's got her wits about her in terms of you know knowing what's what. Although we frequently have conversations still about all of the things that she still needs to know as a fan. But, you know, there's no threshold. There's no litmus test. You have to know X number of things in order to be a Star Wars fan. Or to be a Doctor Who fan or a Star Trek fan or or anything like that. But it's it's one of those things where if I if I could go back and see Star Wars for the first time again, I would not hesitate. It's one of the few moments in my life where I would repeat it. And that's a that's it's it's kind of a silly part of that list. You know, the main thing is, you know, my, uh, my second marriage, I would repeat that day, uh, maybe do it a little bit better and write down what I was supposed to say. <clears throat> um, the birth of my sons, I would repeat those days. There's not that many days that I would go over and do again. Seeing Star Wars was a special thing because it legitimized to a certain point the 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 science fiction the thing that we the thing that we loved that we got beaten up and bullied for was now this blockbuster hit And Cam's right. Some generational divides can never be fully crossed. Every every generation has their entry point into Star Wars, whether it's the the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, the sequel trilogy, Clone Wars, Rebels, any of that. But for us who were there in the beginning, who have seen the entire evolution of the Star Wars franchise there's a little bit of a different perspective, I think, because we see it now compared to what it was then. And the people who are just coming on board now, those people for whom history does not begin until the day they were born, those people don't understand Star Wars. And some of those people are trying to make Star Wars, and they don't understand Star Wars. Same for Star Trek, same for Doctor Who. And you're going to run into this. You're going to run into a generational gap in the creative side of things as well because the people what are making them now, some of them weren't even alive at the time or they were very small children at the time and they don't understand what it is they've got their hands on. Superman the same way. Star Trek the same way. The internet the same way. Yeah, Cam's right. They can't understand the before and after experience. My generation was the first. We saw Star Wars first. 
And I remember a time when we didn't have personal computers or the internet or cell phones. None of that was around back then. And you have this generation who takes all of that for granted. That it's just a natural part of the, of the everyday life experience that we have this stuff. And at some point down the road generationally, we will have everybody will be part of that wired-in mentality. And those of us who remember a time pre-internet will all be gone. And a piece of history will be gone with us. Not to be a downer or anything, but it's one of those things where eventually there will be people in charge of things who don't understand, who cannot conceive of how it was before. It's, it's, it's kind of, I guess, the same for us before the industrial age, for example, before the moon landings. Some people remember a time before we landed on the moon. Some people remember a time, maybe not so many now, before we had cars. People who lived through the Great Depression. We were talking about that last night on on H2O as we were discussing John Steinbeck's werewolf novel. By the way, did you know John Steinbeck wrote a werewolf novel? It's never been published. Go check out H2O. We talked about that. But the Great Depression in the 30s, there are people who remember that, people who lived through that. And for a while, you you still had people who never believed, my great uncle, one of them, never believed we went to the moon. It was all fake. He, he absolutely, to his dying day, never believed that we went to the moon. He thought it was all Hollywood fakery. There's no possible way that we could have gone to the moon. And to sit and think, and this is, this is something that I have trouble with, but to sit and, and think that what I have in my hand, this little, this little mobile device, has more computing power than what they used to get to the moon, staggers my mind. Because what we use it for now cat videos, hot tub streams. I'm flabbergasted at the waste of technology, at how we have become so complacent and inured to the advantages that, that this and other technology gives us. We just take it for granted. It's just here, and we ignore some of the more insidious parts of that. The surveillance state, for example. I mean, we make, we make the joke that Google reads our email. Got news for you folks, Google reads your email. 
and they listen to your conversations through the microphones in your device. Some suspect. So there are, there are consequences for having big technology. Yes, Mrs. Voss? Have you heard the new one? Have I heard the new one? So apparently when you feel like your smartphone's actually taking pictures of you, it is. Little micro pictures, I guess, is the way, so that it can consistently keep up to date what your face looks like for that face recognition. See, my phone doesn't have face recognition. That's an Apple thing. I know, but I'm just saying. Which one of the reasons why I don't have an Apple device? So, just pointing that one out. Well, and it's and it's one of those things where also you have uh, this you have this notion of, you know liberty and security, freedom and security, you can't have both completely side by side. You give up one to have the other. And back in, you know, we have, even in Star Wars, you know, you have that that scene, you know, this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. We're seeing all of that happen around us now. Our freedoms are slowly being eroded away by various different entities, both government and corporate, and we're letting it happen. By the way, I have nothing against our Google Masters, but at some point, when are we going to say enough is enough? Because some people... Some people want to bend the knee, as they say. Uh, the latest example of this, John Cena, who has been doing interviews promoting the new F9, Fast and Furious 9 movie. He plays, uh, who does he play in, in uh, Suicide Squad? No, he's in the new one. It isn't out yet. He's getting, a, he's getting his own series out of it over on HBO Max. So John Cena doing press for, uh, for F9, which is overseas and is making some pretty good money. It hasn't hit the, the United States yet for whatever reason. Uh, it, opened, uh, it opened overseas a month before its uh, domestic debut. And in his enthusiasm... As he's uh, talking about the screenings, he mentions Taiwan. And he says, he refers to Taiwan as the first country to, to see the film. Which apparently has not gone over too well with people who have it out for Taiwan. Specifically, the, the, the Chinese communist government. So John Cena takes to his social media and posts a, a video. And I believe he's speaking in Mandarin in order to apologize, profusely apologize. This was over on Cena Weibo, which is the China 
knockoff of Twitter because China doesn't want anything to do with Twitter. They've banned Twitter because reasons. But according to this, uh, according to uh, a few different articles, the translation of what John Cena is saying, quote, Hi, China. I'm John Cena. I'm in the middle of Fast and Furious 9 promotions. I'm doing a lot of interviews. I made a mistake in one of my interviews. Everyone was asking me if I could use Chinese, and staff gave me a lot of information, so there was a lot of interviews and information. I made one mistake. I have to say something very, very, very important now. I love and respect China and Chinese people. I'm very, very sorry about my mistake. I apologize. I apologize. I'm very sorry. You must understand that I really love, really respect China and the Chinese people. My apologies. And a lot of people are making comparisons looking at that saying, man, that really sounds like a hostage video. And questioning why John Cena apologized so profusely and, and professed his love and respect and admiration for China and the Chinese people like he did. And this comes not too long after this article, I believe, was in The Hollywood Reporter, now looking at the relationship between Hollywood and China. I think finally somebody has decided that it's okay to criticize that relationship a little bit because it's worth criticizing. There is, uh, there is good reason to criticize both Hollywood and Washington as they kowtow to the Chinese Communist Party. And the entertainment world and the sports world, National Basketball Association being one, all of these people are so dadgum worried about what China thinks about them. And I get it. There's a billion people over there. There's lots of money to be made if you can make it. But see, the thing about it is, though, you don't do anything in China without the Communist Party saying so. And if you get crossways with the party, then see ya. We're seeing that with Marvel now. They're two, they're two movies that are so, so China-centric. Shang-Chi and The Eternals. Well, The Eternals not really so much China-centric, but it's, it's, it's directed by a Chinese national, Chloe Zhao, who has spoken out against the Chinese Communist Party. And so those two movies are probably not going to screen in China because China has to approve. Every, every, every movie that gets brought in from outside of China has to go through the government organ that allows a certain number of foreign films to screen in Chinese theaters. And... As we detailed here not too long ago, you have the Chinese, uh, a China, uh, Chinese TV station that, that covers movie news listing all of the Marvel films except those two 
with release dates. So the speculation is that Shang-Chi and the Eternals are not going to get released in China because the government has issues with those films. And in the case of Shang-Chi, it's a misunderstanding, maybe. There's a, there's a, con, a, a preconception. There is a belief among the Chinese people that the Fu Manchu character, his legacy is still part of that film when he's not. They've revamped it so that Shang-Chi is not the, not the son of the Fu Manchu yellow peril stereotype character as he was in the beginning of the comic, but now is the son of the Mandarin. And now you have uh, Kevin Feige coming out saying, you know, maybe it wasn't a good idea to whitewash the ancient one in Doctor Strange. So are we seeing the end of the honeymoon and the love affair between Hollywood and China? And then you have this from John Cena saying, oh, no, 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 I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Is it in his contract to bow and scrape in front of President Xi? Is there an obligation that we're not aware of for Hollywood to sit there and say, you know what? We love China. Now, for those of you who are wondering what the big deal is, Taiwan calls themselves the Republic of China. And this goes back to post-World War II. Uh, the, the, the history of Taiwan is complicated, let's say. But post-World War II, Japan had occupied the island for a while. And after World War II, when Japan was defeated, the island was restored back to the Chinese government. And this is before China was a communist nation. And the Nationalist Party was in charge. And then you had Mao Zedong come in and essentially take over. And the Communist Party took over China. And the nationalist government went to Taiwan along with their army and their citizens and the people basically holed up on their, on their island and they declared themselves independent of China. So now you have the People's Republic of China, which is mainland China. And then you have the Republic of China, which is Taiwan. And Taiwan, as the Republic of China, is generally not recognized as an independent country because nobody wants to tick off China who still says they have a claim to the island and they would like nothing more than to establish control over Taiwan the same as they're trying to do in Hong Kong. And anybody who recognizes Taiwan as an independent entity becomes persona non grata to the government of China. Now, that's armchair quarterback explanation. I am no diplomat. I don't have all of the geopolitical nuances that are around. But the two-China question is a real bugaboo 
among diplomats. Unless you're sympathetic to the Communist Party of China. In which case, Taiwan's just a thorn in the side. But this video from John Cena, this, I mean, if this translation is accurate, he is really, I, he's bending the knee past the usual range of motion on this. I mean, I'm very, very sorry. I apologize. I apologize. I'm very sorry. I really love, really respect China. This is over the top. And the question is, was he told to do this? Was he told what to say? And does his participation in future Warner Brothers DC Comics projects depend on him kowtowing and bowing and scraping and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sci-Fi Snob in the chat. Welcome. Good to see you. Haven't seen you here in a while. Yeah, it's China. I don't know. Well, this 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 particular video will probably be demonetized. But it's well past time when companies in the United States should worry less about what a foreign government thinks of them and I get the whole you know trade war thing and we do business with them we do business with a lot of different countries and we have understandings and relationships and all of this thing but you also have to have to look at the human aspect of this the Chinese Communist Party is evil. I'll say it. I believe it. And for Hollywood to spend so many years bowing and scraping, and it hasn't stopped. You look at this recent news about robot, uh, bad robot games, Tencent is involved. That's China. At some point, you have to decide what your priorities are. Are you chasing the almighty dollar? Are you chasing the almighty yen? Is it yen? Chinese yen? Is that the, is that the, the currency of China? The yen? Yeah. Are those yen important enough that you turn your back and you turn your attention away from the oppression of Christians and Muslims in China? Christian missionaries are in just as much danger over there. The Muslims, the Uyghur Muslims, are being put into concentration camps. 
And you have companies like Disney who are like, oh, yeah, we're just perfectly fine with all of that. Bob Iger might be the next ambassador to China. I don't know how, how likely that is. But there comes a point in time where you have to stand by your principles or you have no principles. They either mean something or they don't. And we're learning as we go. Hollywood doesn't have a whole lot of principles. And I honestly think that it's a little bit past the point of too late for them to dial it back and decide that we are going to have certain lines we don't cross. It's too late for that. Because the general population, the general public has no respect for Hollywood. Just as much respect as they have for Washington, D.C. Congress, our elected officials, the Hollywood elite, sports stars, none of them have any respect from the general population anymore. Not that many. Not like they used to. For every Michael Jordan, you now have a Colin Kaepernick. Or more. You have coaches and commissioners and you have star athletes all bending the knee to China. And when you look at how China dealt with Star Wars, since we're on Star Wars Day, to bring it all back because that's what I can do, you look at how China has responded to the, to the recent Star Wars movies. And you look at how those movies were marketed to China. John Boyega, almost negligible in his presence on the marketing material, the posters and such. China doesn't care. And it's time for Hollywood and other companies, corporate America, to start making the decisions as to whether or not China should matter above everything else. It's still a market. You make money. I get it. But... How much do you have to sacrifice? How much of yourself do you have to sacrifice to do business in China? How much of your soul gets sold to the devil for doing business in China? Oh, Sci-Fi Snob says the kids were home due to lockdown. They were hogging the Wi-Fi for the last two weeks. That's why we haven't seen him. Well, welcome back, sir. We're glad you're here. And I know this is kind of a, a down. It's, it's one of those things where it's going to keep coming up. Where things are going to happen. And, and I remember because Tim Harvey talks about this when, when H2O uh, took a break and he had his own solo show for eight episodes, the Tim Harvey show. 
And this was back when all of the news started breaking on the Me Too movement, the Harvey Weinstein stuff and all of that. And he's like, I can't get away from this. I don't want to talk about this every week. And yet this is the news in the week. And this is the same kind of thing. There are things that I would love to never talk about again. But they keep coming up. And it's as long as it's newsworthy, I feel like we have an obligation to discuss some of these things because I don't know where else you're going to get the information. Now, other people are talking about it, sure. It's on social media. There's all, you know, it's on, it's on Twitter. It's on YouTube. It's probably on, on Reddit. There's various different people who are going to be talking about this. I have no doubt. But I don't know who, and I don't know what they're saying, and their opinions are probably not the same as mine. Some of them probably are, and that's okay. Everybody's going to have a different take on this. It's just really sad to see this kind of behavior like what John Cena just did. It's disheartening. It's also very disturbing because of how, if, again, if this translation is correct, because of how much he is bowing and scraping, and it's not to the people of China. Let's be clear about that. This, is, this, this apology is not to the people of China. This apology is to President Xi and the Communist Party. Let's be clear about that. Because if you don't have the favor of the Chinese Communist Party, you are not going to do business in Communist China. And as we learn from other news stories about other topics that we will not discuss here... Sometimes, and I, and this goes back to what I'm saying, sometimes you let the story play out before you find out more that changes the story. And we're seeing some of that now with a certain situation, shall we say. <coughs> the story keeps changing. And as the story evolves, we get more, we get closer to the truth on some of this stuff. And we'll see, won't we? But the China thing is a concern for me because there are so many people that are worried about what China is going to do. Where were you when Star Wars came out? It's also Towel Day. I hope hope all of you have your towel and you're prepared. Remember, uh, you should you should actually if you haven't read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you should read it. It's a very good book. It's a very good series of books. I highly recommend it. 
Uh, it has evolved over the years. Uh, there's a radio play, there's a TV show, there's a movie. And they're all a little bit different from each other. But I highly recommend the book. Today, Douglas Adams' birthday. I'm not sure how old he would have been. So, um, Sci-Fi Zombie says, I can't be so cryptic that no one knows what I'm talking about. Shit, well, maybe. But uh, as certain members of government and agency start to change their tune about the origins of a particular malady, um, we'll see what happens with our relations with China. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't be a sci-fi snob without, uh, without reading Hitchhikers. As you say, are, are you trying to say without reading Hitchhikers? Because this is this is recommended reading. This is this is on the on the must read list for anybody who's a true science fiction connoisseur. <clears throat> huh? What? You read? Yes, Mrs. Boss has read it. Highly recommended. All right. So there are a few thoughts, a few concerns. Happy birthday, Frank Oz. And today is the real Star Wars Day. Don't, don't let anybody tell you different. May 4th, sure, May the 4th, whatever. But May 25th, Star Wars Day, because that's when it all started. At least on the public side of things. They were in production before that. But the release date, May 25th, 1977. Today is Star Wars Day, and that's the way it is. All right, so I will leave you with this. Remember, the answer to life, the universe, and everything is 42. And I will invite you, if you haven't already, to subscribe to the channel and have your notifications turned on. Go follow us over on Odyssey. We're trying to build up our, uh, our presence over there. And uh, uh, feel free to watch the videos. It's weird because we have, we have a number of followers over there, uh, but nobody's watching the videos yet. And I think it's because you're all watching it over on YouTube, which is fine. But we'd like to build up some of our, our watch time, our view counts over there on Odyssey as well. So uh, anybody who's interested, go check us out over there and, uh, and connect with us. And we're on all the socials, and you can always leave us uh, a comment, uh, either live or uh, in replay. And you can send us an email, live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com. I want, I, want uh, I want to ask this question. And I want some serious suggestions and conversation about this because I would like to know from you if you have suggestions for people that you'd like to invite, uh, that you'd like us to invite onto the show. We're going to have Douglas Ernst on here tomorrow. We're going to have a pre-recorded show with Captain Stephen Machuga of uh, Stack Up on Thursday. And I would like to be able to do a full week of interviews every week. Uh, and I know it, that's not going to happen a lot, but the more interviews we can do, the better I'm going to feel about this show because me sitting here ranting for an hour, it's okay every now and again, but I would much rather be having conversations with people. So, so give us your feedback. Uh, 
Send us your suggestions on topics we could cover on people that we can talk to, and we will move forward with that. Yes, I would love to have Douglas Adams on. Um, that would be a little bit of a challenge, though. Um, you know, it and it and I I was thinking about the other day because Mrs. Boss and I were talking about it, and I wondered out loud, and I still wonder. Where, if Dwayne McDuffie were still alive, and if <coughs> um, uh, New Frontier, um, who did New Frontier? I just went blank on his name. Um, oh, you've got to be kidding me. New Frontier. Somebody help me out. Somebody help me out in the chat. New Frontier. Justice League New Frontier. Um, I'm going to have to look that up. That's that's embarrassing. Uh, huh? No. Um, because we were just talking about it. Darwin Cook. Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah, Darwin Cook. If if Darwin Cook and Dwayne McDuffie were still alive, I wonder what the comic book landscape would look like. And if Douglas Adams were still alive, what would that what would that be like? He was what? 40 something when he did, when he passed away missed opportunities that all right that's going to do it for us thanks very much for watching folks if you are listening here on a podcast uh, we do invite you to check out the video side of things because you know sometimes we show you things and we discuss things here uh, and as always your feedback is welcome we do read all of the comments all of the emails and we will be back to do this all again tomorrow. Don't forget, tonight, Tuesday night, brand new Salacious Crumbs, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, on Sci-Fi for Me TV. And we will be back with more tomorrow. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. 